Now a special message from us. An episode. Yes. Of I don't get it. I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to I Don't Get It, uh, a podcast about uh, performances. In Edmonton. That's right. Uh, I'm Paul. I'm Fonda. And we are uh, proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered Powered by by ATB. ATB. How are you, Fonda? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Paul? I am also well. The weather is warmer. Um, (laughs) That is all. Your your dog, Dorothy, is scratching. And I think it's the nails in the carpet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Sounds almost like bubbles popping. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, is that bubble wrap? There's no bubble wrap in here. How did the dog get bubble wrap? Um, Oh, we we saw a thing. We saw a thing. Uh, The weather warmed up and, uh, you know, I mean, houses were full uh, last time, last week for shows, but also uh, we got went out to something at the ballet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, we saw Diavolo, which is a Los Angeles-based company. So since I heard the name of the company, um, I've been trying. I've got had the word like uh, dia, like diabolique, stuck in my head, okay. which is like totally a different thing. What is diabolique? I don't know. Dia- wasn't it a movie? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. And then I was thinking of like diabolical, but there. The, well, of course, the company name has the v not the b in it so i'm completely incorrect anyway diabolical exactly diabolical which is a word no probably not um yeah so in any case though the i found out that the name of the company comes from um the spanish word for uh sun i think or no or light dia yeah and then the the second part is the latin word for fly um, so yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, they've been around for over 25 years. They started out in 1992. Yeah. Um, and their uh, artistic director, Jacques Heim, has been at the helm for the entire time. And and we saw him too. We sure did. Uh, he, he gave a big ol' intro to the show. Um, uh, very, uh, you, you got a sense of like, wow, what would it be like to have a conversation with this guy? Because it was boisterous and uh, he was very much a character. Yes. I was thinking of uh, the word effervescent, you know, like bubbly and light and just and also I think it's the first time I've ever seen someone intro a show on the jube stage with a beer in their hand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> power power to you, dude, yeah. wherever you are. Um, uh, this company, they're a movement company, but they do something quite, uh, quite interesting. Uh, their their sort of subhead for the show and this touring show is architecture in motion. Uh, and they do that by sort of combining the human body with architecture. They they um, use a lot of um, of prop type things, sets that they've constructed and can move around, or objects to inspire and affect their movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's sort of there's these large um, moving set pieces that work sort of as like gymnastic apparatus. Mm-hmm. They're jumping off of them, they're um, rolling them around. They they move across the stage just as much as the dancers do in the case of the set pieces. Right. Um, and what's sort of cool about it is that it's, so you have choreography, but you also have this sort of um, well extreme athleticism. There's right. acrobatics and everything involved, but then there's this sort of like really interesting technical way that it all fits together with these huge moving pieces um and i kind of like um really i mean i was i was fully entertained the entire time um like it was i felt like it wasn't quite the same as when you see a lot of these other sort of um 
dance companies that do re- very like I would say structural choreography. Like I'm thinking of like we saw Momix last year right. uh, with Opus Cactus or mm-hmm. Cactus Opus, something Opus like Cactus, that. Yeah, um, and uh, and then even Palabolus. Um, these companies are ones that they have the same sort of like acrobatic poses and mm-hmm. choreography, but they sort of sit with their shapes a lot longer. And this was not like that at all. We both had different uh, Cirque du Soleil jokes about this show. <laughs> Mine was Cirque du CrossFit. Because yeah. uh, a lot of, especially in the first act, it was divided into two halves, two pieces. Um, in the first half, a lot of the uh, material was very like Spartan and metal. Mm-hmm. And people were doing these extreme athletic things on it that just, yeah, um, that were both like circusy and also like like being in a grungy CrossFit gym. Yeah, totally. And my Cirque Cirque du Soleil joke was Cirque du, this show is like Cirque du Soleil meets I am Pei. And, and the, what is I am Pei? I am Pei is a Chinese architect or well, uh, Chinese architect was he's passed away now. Um, but he designed the Louvre. He's very famous for um, I I want to say like triangular or very angular sort of stuff but of course it did a, a, a great variety of work during his lifetime um, but speaking of Cirque du Soleil Jacques Haim did actually work with Cirque du Soleil I think in 2005 um, he was commissioned to do the choreography for Ka um, which was one of it's a Cirque du Soleil show that's installed in Las Vegas now and right. is still performed to this day um, and so yeah he's responsible for that which and Ka in my memory it's kind of, it's one of the more sort of like martial arts are looking Cirque shows. Sure, yeah. And I think um, uh, as what you were sort of saying earlier about um, other shows we've seen have sort of sat with some of that movement uh, or used it maybe as like a a springboard for discovery of, of body and shape. This felt more like it was body versus shape in the, not to say they weren't working together. In the second half, there's one big piece they use, which is sort of like um, this semicircle like cut in half that rocks back and forth sort of like the uh the pirate ship at west edmonton mall yeah <laughs> at a galaxy land um and they use that in all sorts of ways to like springboard and 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 that but in here it was kind of like here's a thing how does the human body fit in on or around this or mm-hmm. use this as a method of movement was yeah. sort of my takeaway on that yeah so um the show is broken into two halves and each half is sort of like its own full length um piece so what uh, set us up for the first half what happened in the first half of the show so the first one uh i would say had more quote-unquote narrative to it it was um but it's about this uh this woman who sort of uh escapes into a fan like a sort of imagined fantasy world um uh there's sort of a parallel of going into space there's sort of this overdubbed voice that pops in a few times about uh about the first people to go into space and and sort of these so these abstract shapes and um all of the other performers uh are sort of interactive are are things that she interacts with there's sort of a door frame uh, and then there's a bit more abstract sort of shapes that pop up there are some very large metal triangles with sort of holes in them there's sort of a plastic hamster tube style yeah. uh, tube <laughs> um, but big enough for a human to go through and there's like a, a loose sort of love story to it there's a loose connection of like there's this mm-hmm. one other person that maybe she she falls in love with in that scenario mm-hmm. um, and, and that quote unquote brings her back down to earth yeah. um, is sort of what the narrative says mm-hmm. um, yeah but uh, the cast of about 15 there are about 15 movers all in in this touring version of this company and uh yeah so she's sort of going through this and they interact with her they interact with the shapes two of the sort of images that maybe stood out the most for me is one um uh 
there were a couple times throughout the show where uh, someone would just like leap, take this wild leap off of a thing and be caught by everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I think the first time that happened, it was like a whoa sort of moment. Uh, And the second one was uh, they'd set up uh, this sort of wall with a bunch of different holes in it, sort of like a grid. And uh, there's sort of these waves of hands coming through it, mm-hmm. um, which I guess goes counter to what I said earlier about like the, versus the body. That was one of the moments when like the body and the shape really felt like there was this moment of discovery of like, right, when we all do this, it looks mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, maybe like ferns at the bottom of the ocean or yeah. something in space. <laughs> these sort of waves of movement this character's interacting with. Mm-hmm. Those were the, the two images that stuck out for me in the first half. What about for you? Yeah, the wall, like the whole wall with all the arms coming mm-hmm. out. And when she's sort of like doing this duet, just with the arms that are lifting her up and like I thought that that was kind of like that was brilliant it looked very pretty Um, I really also thought that um, they bring out this big wheel of course the hamster wheel Um, and they they use it much more uniquely than a hamster wheel I kept worrying about people's fingers getting stuck as it rolled across the stage and they were all kind of stuck in the different spokes of the wheel Um, but what I also really thought was um, one of the kind of like this very uh, very pretty moment uh, part of the sort of romantic story was when they first took out this hamster wheel and just the two uh uh the male female sort of leads in this story are um, are dancing with each other yeah. and they're using this hamster wheel to sort of um, do this like pas de deux that was really like really serene and a, a lot slower than the rest of the movement in the show um, there's even just this one movement where the where he's he's sort of like he's holding onto the wheel and as it starts rolling away because he's holding on to her it allows them to sort of lift like lift right. up together and it was just like oh that's so nice like because it seemed number one kind of effortless on their part mm-hmm. like they were just allowing the world to move them yeah. Um, which yeah so that was just kind of a very neat thing the other image that really stuck out to me was um, you were talking about the little hamster tube mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um at the at kind of near the end of the performance, they bring out their sort of lunar, uh, like fear thing, yeah. um, and it's sitting on the stage, and they stick the hamster tube out it, yeah. sort of at an angle, which like really called to that old, very old French movie Voyage to the Moon, oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, where yeah, the moon has the, the, the things, rocket the, the rocket in the eye. That's exactly what it, <laughs> what it looked like That's to me. Way better to me. I thought it looked like a bong, <laughs> um, and either seems right for for the moment it was sort of about this fantastical world and and traveling to and from of it and this was like the escape back out of that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um there was also a cool trick door that door frame that popped open early that door opened every way a door can open and was athletically used to access it in different ways yeah and ended on a very a very nice image too of the door sort of like flipping around um vertically uh through through an axis like right in its middle basically and and then this couple sort of ending on top of it as the door just sort of closes it gave it sort of a very kind of like homey feeling I guess that they've sort of like arrived the voyage is now done right 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 and a lot of the other um uh, architecture was a little more abstract or mechanical but this door frame yeah sort of conjures that sense of home Mm -hmm. and uh, human architecture that's sort of like not brutalist architecture yeah um, yeah well there was that whole section with those like kind of black triangle things that were like very aggressive and scary yeah, looking you put those anywhere in edmonton and nobody would have batted an eye yeah. Like, oh yeah great Go yeah be like more more gene dub for you there you go you <laughs> know Um, So that was part one. Um, Mm -hmm. Part two uh, had less of an overarching narrative, but 
um, uh, had some very impressive feats. I would say, like, overall, this show seemed designed to be big spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, there was almost always something very impressive happening, whether it was, like, a softer moment that was still, like, physically impressive or, like, these big far-flung feats, like someone would jump off of something. Mm-hmm. Um, this the this company, this show was on America's Got Talent uh, a couple years ago, and I think that... That speaks to sort of what they do. It's very um, uh, just like big spectacle. Yeah, yeah. So this piece, the second piece it was called Trajectoire. It's sort of like one of their big, big famous pieces. I think this was one of the main ones they used on America's Got Talent, sure. at least from the press photos. This is what I, <laughs> this is what I sure. gather because um, I didn't see America's Got Talent. Um, it looks like it says, says the Internet. Yeah. So the well, what they, the, the, the main one set piece in this is they've basically got um, it looks kind of like a cross section of the arc. It's yeah. like the the mid part of a boat. Yeah. Um, and they at first they they rock they um, position it so that it's rocking um, left to right for the audience. Right. Um, and then I what I found really interesting. I was like, man, this could get a little bit boring if they just have it doing this because it looks. It, it's quite a large set piece. Like they fit all 15 members on it, right. um, on the platform of it at once. So, um, you know, can they move it? And then they did move it, of course. Yeah, they moved it to rock front to back and also at angles. And it was uh, it was a more um, flexible set piece than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. They they To build a show around that piece rather than a narrative or anything like that, it shows that they chose this piece quite specifically with like what they could do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were, I think, some of the most impressive moments in the show were with this, which to me were using that sort of momentum of rocking back and forth. They would time it and like propel yeah. a person from the like far end as it comes up to really launch across the stage and then be mm-hmm. caught by people. Yeah. Um, was sort of like a feat of physics and knowledge and trust. Oh my God, trust. Yeah. Well, and then there were even parts where um, the performers would be off the apparatus, but they would sort of like tuck under it and it would start rolling over them. And, you know, you could hear people gasping in the audience like, are they going to get out? Well, of course they are. You know, but um, But like danger. Designed to make you feel that danger. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, so this one, yeah, had some big moments like that. It really just explored this object and the different ways they could interact with it. Sometimes with many people, sometimes with just a few people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people would be support and could sort of help stop it, which, again, could be used for effect to help momentum or shift momentum. Um, But was, yeah, uh, about sort of exploring this piece, this Mm -hmm. physical object, this physical piece of architecture and what we can do with, on or against it. Yeah. One of the most impressive things was how quickly they could stop it. Like Uh, there's this, you know, they build up all this momentum to these huge rocks where it looks like, you know, the boat is essentially going to rock right off onto its side um, or capsize (laughs) as a boat would. Um, But then and then on the next rock, they they have enough people there to just like stop it right in the middle um i thought you know that was fantastic and yeah like very good teamwork also the the piece starts out uh, quite slowly um with just uh, a, a a few of the female dancers kind of popping onto it and you can really tell you're just sort of like god they must like know exactly how much each other weighs <laughs> everything, i'm everything is so precise right mm. because with like using that momentum you have to like it is physics like mm-hmm. it's like living physics um just like seeing what they do and like oh if i do this at this speed at this trajectory i will go this far you will go this far mm-hmm. i will catch you here you know you will catch me there yeah. i can get to here or th- to there like it's just yeah wild 
wild the amount of like control and discipline mm-hmm. I think that like that is necessary to be able to do that. Yeah. One of the other cool parts about the using this set piece was it had these the railings on the side. So, you know, using the using the sort of the swing from it um, that's generated from the rocking, the the actual like people who are using the bars on the sides of the boat were kind of almost using them like gymnastics bars yeah. too, um, doing flips and also being like propelled and jumping off of them, which mm-hmm. was kind of insanely crazy and scary yeah. too. Um, yes. But uh the other part I liked was when they were rocking um, front to back. Um, when the boat would rock back, you would, the audience would have a moment where they didn't see the platform. They didn't see anyone who yeah. was on the boat at all. So it's kind of like this sort of like peekaboo effect where, you know, the boat would rock forwards and there would be like, you know, six people there and it would rock back and all of a sudden there's only two. Right. Uh, and then it would rock back and there'd be different people. Like, yeah. There was some fun. Yeah, there was... A lot of play in in how they used it in that that rocking, which was quite fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that to think of this as like a dance group that started out in the 90s um, and like really largely based in L.A. L.A. is very proud of this dance group. Like Mm -hmm. they've performed at the Getty Center when it opened, all this kind of stuff. They were um, they're sort of like a like a piece of cultural heritage there for them. Um, So it's kind of it's kind of neat to see that, you know, a company that has had this sort of longevity starting out of a certain size and that is now you know kind of pretty pretty darn famous because of America's Got Talent right. um, and this this tour was the first time that they've ever appeared in Canada Wow! Um, in Edmonton and Calgary was their Canadian debut um, I honestly, um, having seen a couple of Vegas dance shows and stuff, I think that they could probably install there and, and you know, do something cool. Do well for themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, family, like, it's great for, you know, I'm, I don't know what the... Um, face ticket price was for this show but it's not cheap to bring in those types of set pieces and 15 plus dancers yeah a company of 15 plus massive set traveling around is an an undertaking Mm -hmm. um but yeah and it's also yeah it's like it's a g-rated show nothing um there's no words except for like a few spoken like overdubs but like it's really like um uh, just yeah, it's it's geared to please the mo- the maximum amount of people. Yeah. Um, out of sheer like spectacle of what they do. Yeah. What do you What do you think of this as part of um as part of the Alberta Ballet presentations this season? It's interesting to think. Um, you know, uh, ballet is sort of about this. Um, I I say um from my observations, ballet is so much about the body and how we use the body and um these like this control we can do over the body, um our own bodies and and in groups, uh and I think something like this sort of is like showcasing a different facet of the same core idea: what can I do with my body, um what is my body capable of, uh and I think in in this case it's. Okay, in this context with objects, what changes? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not ballet in quotes, um, but I think I think you see um, a lot of the same ideas at play, if not in a slightly different phrasing or voice. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it's we're still seeing like 
um, feats and limits and, and expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just being channeled in one very specific way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What, what sort of stands out about this as part of a ballet presentation series for you? Yeah, I think you have a really good point there in that this allowed us to see the potential of the body in a totally different way mm-hmm. because the sort of the machinery that they were using really affected how momentum and and, and flight and weight would work. Um, and I like I think that, you know, yeah, when you kind of like challenge the challenge the mind like when you watch ballet a lot of it is purely aesthetic mm-hmm. um this was a little bit more kind of like you're you're you kind of had the gears going a little bit sometimes thinking about how heavy is that hamster wheel right. you know <laughs> like and and just and thinking about like well what's the next possible movement how are they possibly going to stop this rocking ship and turn it around mm-hmm. um so i i felt like myself thinking about um well, yeah, like the architecture and a li- the physics more of it a little bit. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, it sort of like boils it down in a different way. Um, some of those same core elements, but put into this sort of framework, uh, changes it, put into this architecture, if you will, mm-hmm. um, suddenly sort of shows different facets of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that was Diavolo. Next up for Alberta Ballet is a triple bill called Unleashed. Um, and they have given us a pair of tickets to give away. Ooh. So we'll note that people should watch our social media because that we will be doing a little contest to give away those tickets in the coming weeks. Um, Unleashed is a, t- a triple bill with choreography by Helen Pickett and Plamondon and George Balanchine. George Balanchine, like yes. the classic. George Balanchine is like one of the old school, the OG <laughs> um, ballet masters, um, American ballet masters. And that's happening uh, February 21st and 22nd at the Jubilee. So watch for it. Yeah, that's right. We'll be doing the giveaways soon. Um, and with that, uh, we will go into our ads. And we'll begin those ads with a special message from Northwest College. Your next career move is right around the corner. And Norquest College is here to help. Our new Career Moves Professional Development Program will help you transition to new job opportunities. Funded by the Future Skills Center, we will provide one-on-one coaching, self-assessments, skill development and training, and up to $2,000 in available tuition credit. Our focus is your success. Make your next move. Apply today at norquest.ca slash career moves. Thanks, Norquest. Here's another ad. This episode of I Don't Get It is brought to you by Skirts of Fire, a festival that features the work of women in the arts. This year's festival is bigger than ever before, with venues in Old Strathcona, downtown Edmonton, and Alberta Ave. Among the highlights are shows at the ATB Arts Barns, the Station on Jasper, the Nook Cafe, plus music, dance, drumming, and performance art all along Alberta Avenue. Skirts of Fire takes place from February 27th to March 8th. Get your tickets today at skirtsafire.com. Cool. I will also be at Skirts of Fire on March 1st. We're going to record a live episode of I Don't Get It. Um, we will. Uh, there will be a panel discussion on their main stage play called The Blue Hour. Ooh. So I will be um, hosting and moderating that discussion for the podcast. Cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of cool as hell, uh, uh, Broadway Across Canada announced its 2020-2021 uh, season. Lots of 20s in that name. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, features a number of works. 
uh jesus christ superstar anastasia come from away and hamilton and i was like and wait for it wait for it yeah. hamilton yeah, they're uh the um you know the historical rap epic is is finally coming to town not this coming august but next august the august of 2021 right before the fringe in my mind technically a fringe show jubilee is a byov never been done before yeah. uh but only uh, in my mind, uh, but that's that's uh, that's happening. Yeah, I'm sure Broadway across Canada will love giving their venue fee to, <laughs> per ticket. To, yeah. to, uh, uh, that maxing out those tickets at sixteen dollars. No, that's not yeah. going to happen. No, no I'm sure yeah. Hamilton will pull um, quite a bit, and it sounds like they're expecting it because the run is quite long for a Broadway across Canada. Yeah, show. it's a, it's a, just over two weeks long. So um, yeah, hopefully everyone will get to see it. <laughs> Finally, for those who've been waiting. Um, I once watched a bootleg of Hamlet. <laughs> like, of Hamilton? Like a, uh, Ham- yeah, Hamilton. Sorry, not a bootleg of Hamlet. I'm like, bootlegs one. of Hamlet. Like, you know, you don't pay for the rights for that show anymore. Uh, that's, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's, it, you know, it's wild. It was very, it was very funny that like the first like 30 seconds would just be like a black screen and then like the camera came out of the jacket clearly when someone was like the coast is clear yeah. was it the bootleg with lin-manuel yeah. miranda oh, yeah nice. yeah yeah okay. so. but it's the only bootleg that's worth it then right yeah yeah so <laughs> you know and it was uh so yeah there you go right. um it'll happen uh i didn't see come from away so hopefully i'll get to see it this time I yeah i missed come from away too so hopefully this time <laughs> great uh what else has been announced recently fonda well the chinook series schedule is up um and it they have a new website Ooh. Yeah, so you can find out all about the Chinook series. It's at chinookseries.ca, and it runs February 6th to 16th. Right. Uh, also on uh, Monday, January 27th, the Citadel will announce its upcoming season for next year. Yeah, and they're going to be live streaming it on Facebook, so you can uh, you can check it out there. I'm going to go and wow. hopefully live tweet about it, so right. you can watch the I Don't Get It feed for that, too. <laughs> cool, yeah, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what they're bringing in. For Daryl Clorin's third season? Fourth? Fourth, I think, wow. now. Yeah. What a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time it flies. Uh, listings, Fonda. What, uh, aside from Chinook, which is happening February 6th to 16th, what else is on the horizon right now? What is happening? Well, speaking of the Citadel, uh, Cost of Living is still running all the way until February 2nd. Totally. Uh, Shadow Theater is presenting Happy Birthday, Baby J uh, until February 9th. And the Winter Shakespeare Festival is still running with uh, Julius Caesar and Midsummer Night's Dream running in rep uh, until February 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theater Network is presenting The Society for the Destitute Presents Titus Buffonius, uh, which is happening at the Roxy on Gateway from January 28th until February 16th. Uh, new Colleen Murphy play, which I love the title of. Um, I think that's my favorite title of the of the season for sure. Cool. Um, and finally, Edmonton Opera is presenting the Marriage of Figaro at the Jubilee, running February first through seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so um, that's oh uh, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty much it. I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's warm now. Do stuff, everybody. Yeah, go see some shows. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. 
I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenoff. Sit here thinking, my love.